Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast or Radio Show. Coming to you on this Sunday, November the 13th, 2022. Hopefully it finds you staying safe and staying sweaty all at the same time. On today's episode, we are talking breathing with my man Chris Brault here today. But before we kick into all that, real quick, just some housekeeping things. One, our 30 for 30 challenge is kicking off here in about 14 hours for you guys. So, if you want to get down, you guys can join us. It's the last transformation we are running of 2022. You guys can try a week for free. If you dig it, you can stand for a couple pennies. If you're already in the app, it's free for you guys. It's the last freebie we're doing uh, before we roll into 2023. You guys can do it with just a set of dumbbells and a bench from anywhere. It'll rip your face off in the healthiest, safest way possible. Link is in the show notes here. It's also in my Instagram bio. I'll pump it on stories uh, probably the next two days. And then it'll be in your email when you guys open that up tomorrow. So again, jeremyscottfitness.app slash challenge. If you want to check it out, otherwise get in the show notes. You guys can enter here. And it's the last one we are doing until January when I think the 47-day transformation should be ready. And uh, that'll be something special for you guys when we get to that. Also, you already know this episode is brought to you by my homies at Athletic Greens, the one thing I take every single day and I never miss. If you guys struggle to eat enough fruits and vegetables, even I do at times, this would be the one thing I would take. That's why I take the travel packs with me everywhere I go. If that is you, hit me up. I'm happy to send you guys a sample 100% for free. I don't care where you live. Don't feel weird. It's not strange. Just message us. We'll send you the free pack. You can try it. It's the best tasting greens on the planet, in my opinion. And then if you want to get hooked up, we'll give you guys a year supply of vitamin D and five for travel packs with order one. If you go to the site, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott. But again, if you guys want to try it first before you buy it, just message us. I'll have Monica give it to you and then you can see if it's worth it and then get the free stuff from there. And last but not least, our homies at Beam CBD. I have a ton of free samples here in the office, you guys. I have probably 200 uh, CBD Dream sample packs and also the Elevate, which is the hydrogen and the collagen packs that Heather's been taking on the regular here. BeamTLC.com, if you guys put in the code Jeremy Scott, you get 20% off all products, 35% off all subscriptions. But if you want a free sample of the Dream, which is what I take probably like five or six nights to go to sleep. If I want to stay up a little bit later, like I did last night for the UFC, which is way past my bedtime, I don't take it, but most nights I take it. It's not habit-forming. You don't feel groggy. There's no THC in it. You won't get high, but it'll help you get to sleep and stay asleep. At least it does for me, and I'm happy to give you guys like a week's free sample. Same with the Elevation Hydration Pack. So hit me up for those or the Athletic Green samples. I'll give them to you guys. Otherwise, links in the show notes for these folks and all of our other sponsors as well. And if you guys have a question or need something, just reach out and ask. So, as always, a mouthful. So my man, Chris Brault is in the house. Chris, welcome today, my man. Hey, thank you, Jeremy, so much for having me on board. Yeah, dude. So um, we're talking breathing and kind of everything around that, but for these guys who don't know you, um, you can share your origin story, you can go back as far as you want, how you got into to breathing, health, fitness, being an athlete, all these things that, uh, that make up who you are. Yeah, of course. Well, um, I grew up in a small town in Pepperell, Massachusetts, so I'm from all the way in the East Coast there. And, uh, you know, lived in a household with my parents and three older brothers, so you can imagine it was a bit of a, a handful right there. Um, and growing up, you know, was like a very traditional type, like family. So like all through like early childhood and middle school, elementary school, middle school, like played sports, did lots of like mountain activities with like skiing and snowboarding and so on. 
and um, you know everything was you know it, it was a really great childhood over there and um, you know as you can imagine and I'm sure with a lot of people too like you know cracking into the the high school ages that's where times can get pretty weird and confusing for people so um, you know that's where I kind of was on this road map to you know, just nowhere really. I kind of got like confused and lost in a lot of ways. So started hanging around like all different types of weird people and, you know, like the, like the stoner crew, everything like that. I was also like a jock at the same time. Cause how old are you, Chris? I'm 30. So you're way younger than me. I'm trying to think like your era of time. Like what is mm -hmm. that? Man, I grew up like in the real shit. It's so, like mm -hmm. Tupac. Biggie, Jordan <laughs> and the Bulls. Like, that's my time frame. Yeah. Yours is younger. But, no, I know what you mean. You, you start hanging around with some knuckleheads for sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's just kind of where everything redirected, you know. So, like, I started getting, like, in this constant state of, like, you know, fight or flight. I was very anxious and led to depression. And then, you know, I was also, like, one of the closest people that I look up to was, like, my older brother Eric, too. So, like, he was very tight. But then he kind of went down that same pathway, too. And then he went off to, like, a boarding school, like, that was in Maine. So it was one of those, like, character-building schools for troubled kids. So, you know, I was visiting up there uh, for, like, normal family weekends. And, you know, my father even thought it would, like, be helpful for me to go visit there because they had these, like, family seminars, which when I was, like, 13, 14, it was just, it was so strange. Like, to me at that time frame, at a young age, because you're just around a bunch of families and you know, you know, other kids that like really had, you know, some traumatic issues with them. And, uh, and that's you know, not, that was not as common back then as like today, or it, I wouldn't say as common. The acceptance of things is way different now than it was 20 years ago. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, like me at that age of, you know, I felt like I had like nothing to share. It was like just very intense for me. So when people were asking me like, Hey, what's your feedback for this person? You know, I'm like, Oh my God, I have no idea. I have like no life experience here I'm with this. I'm 13. Yeah. I'm 13 dude. You know, <laughs> but, um, yeah. So we got a lot of like good things out of there that like kind of brought the, you know, the family and the brotherhood back together, but still just going through high school, you know, still was like a very insecure kid. And then I started kind of drifting away from some of the things I really loved doing. Like, you know, I was a drummer for many years. I, you know, played lacrosse, other sports. And, you know, the main focus was just kind of like getting with your friends and, you know, going out and partying or whatnot, you know. And then, you know, after high school, graduate from there. And then, you know, I mainly just took the traditional route that I think most people took. You know, you I went to like community college. I was on and off between that because I was the one paying for it. So, you know, I went through like a few years of uh, just going to school and working multiple different odd jobs. You know, uh, I worked like, you know, construction, uh, like gas line construction. I worked a solar job on roofs. A couple sales jobs, so fun, fun stuff. Yeah, all the fun stuff, yeah. you know. And I was, oh, you know, I felt that I was kind of pressured into like, all right, so what do you want to do? What do you want to be in five years? What do you want to do? And I really was just, uh, you know, I had no idea. And because of that, I think that kind of drew down just this kind of rabbit hole of like, you know, I was just trying to escape that, you know. So it kind of led towards, you know, just more partying or drinking or drugs. And but like, just, what a bullshit question that is too. What mm -hmm. do you want to do in five years, dude? My name is on the building and it says Jeremy Scott Fitness. I don't know what the fuck I want to do in five years. Mm. How is a 20-year-old kid going to answer? Like, and I'm not saying don't go to college. You guys do what you want. But how unrealistic is that to say, hey, man, you're 18. What do you want to do for the next 40 years of your life? Uh, make a choice today. 
Yeah, exactly. And that's what like scared the shit out of me too. Cause I'm like, I don't want to, it, it just seems so daunting to me to think of just, you know, I have to make one decision on what I want to do for the rest of my life where I'm like, you know, I deep down didn't want to just like be in one place or do one thing, you know? So like, that's where I just kind of built all this entanglements within my own, you know, like psyche. And then I would just go from one thing to the other, to the other. And, you know, as I got older, it just kind of led to more bad habits, more drinking, more traveling. And, you know, and you're what, like early twenties here? Yeah. Early twenties. Um, it was right around, you know, I want to say it was right around when I was uh, 26 years old. That's where I finally made this decision where I was like, all right, I'm going to get the fuck out of like my parents' house. Cause I just think it's time. I just, you know, all, all the things I did prior to that with like school and work and all that, you know, it wasn't that I did those because I had a passion or direction for something. I did it because I just felt like I didn't want to be a loser, you know, like I just wanted to have those things underneath my belt, you know, but it really didn't get me to where I wanted to get to. And so around 25, 26, I want to say it was about 26. Yeah. 26. That's where I had a couple friends that lived out in Los Angeles and I visited there a couple times too. So from an East coaster kid that never really been anywhere else and you go out to the West coast, which is just a whole nother world. You're just like, well, this is fucking cool. You know, like there's so much more, it's just a different lifestyle. When LA too is its own, it's its own planet. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's what's so it? LA County is 20 million people mm-hmm. in We're the County alone. Roughly. The whole state of Arizona is like nine. <laughs> that's yeah. trippy dude oh yeah yeah dude it was wild you know so i visited there a few times and you know one of my buddies that was out there he was like he had this extra apartment that was in downtown la and you know like it was very naive of me to you know just like accept his offer where he asked me like hey if you come down here like you can stay in this apartment here just pay me the rent and you know we could just start off you know like finding you a job pay your living and then just kind of roll with us and to me, I'm just, you know, I didn't even think twice about it. I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, let me, let's go out there. Yeah. So I kind of dropped everything that was happening on the East Coast at my, you know, family's house and, you know, drove all the way out there. And, um, you know, when I lived out there, like, obviously, you know, like when I was on the ride there, that's where, like, it kind of hit me like, oh, shit, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, reality sits in. Yeah. And, uh, but I get over there and, you know, I managed to like, you know, find work, do what I need to do. But, you know, long story short, I was only there for like five months because like nothing turned out the way that I, uh, would have liked it to be. I still had no sense of direction and the people that I was mainly, you know, who I so-called thought my tribe out there. Yeah. Um, they were just doing their own thing. They kind of like disappeared and went to long beach or whatnot. And it was, it was just me, you know? So I was, it just like, it was a real shitty feeling. And, um, you know, that's where I kind of made this conscious decision after five months where I was like, you know, this was a good reality check. It was a good ass kicker for me to, you know, show the areas where I wasn't knowledgeable in. And, uh, so I traveled back, you know, traveled back home and it was like, you know, the greatest feeling ever to be back, like, you know, to the roots and with family. And then, just kind of went back on the same routine with, you know, working some odd jobs from there. And, uh, my brother, I remember he started dating, uh, this girl, uh, who actually lives out here. So therefore he, about like a couple years after I moved back, he was like, Hey, I'm, I'm moving out to Arizona. And I remember on my travels back from Los Angeles, I stopped in Arizona to visit some people. And I just thought like the red rocks, the mountains, the town areas was like beautiful to me. Yeah. You know, and especially like the, the, the way of living, like the price of living out here was so much better than California. 
It so, was way better. It was. Now it's getting way worse. <laughs> if I everybody who's listening, don't come here. Arizona yeah, sucks. Don't. Do not come here. Mm-mm, no. Visiting school, don't yeah, come here. Don't live here. <laughs> yeah. So a um, couple years after I stayed home, um, you know, b- back in New Hampshire, um, you know, it was the year 2020. So it was like in January of 2020. That's when I moved out here. I drove out here, moved into an apartment with uh, my brother and his girlfriend. It was us three. And this was like a couple months prior from when COVID hit. So just COVID was March. It was like a few months prior. Yeah. 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 Cause I remember, no, I remember like, yeah, yeah. fuck that shit. No, Dude. I'll never forget it. I think it was <laughs> March 16th. They're like, Hey man, you guys can't uh, be open anymore. And I'm like, what a bunch of shit. I was cool with it for like eh, two weeks. And then after that, I'm like, this, mm-hmm. you can go to Walmart, but I can't come to work. I'm like, this seems like a crock of shit. Sorry, anybody who's listening. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. So you haven't been there that long. No. So you moved here and then the pandemic happens in like three months. Yeah. No shit. No, literally. So like I was still, you know wasn't fully sure of what I was going to do. Like I was very good at, you know, like with just like selling and being able to like have a good interview with like, Hey, I can do this job. So I was very adaptable. But from that point, it was just finding a job and just sustaining my living, Yeah, you know? And then luckily, oh, you know, I, I started off with this like roofing con- construction job and dude, fuck that. It was just, um, you know, it was just burning me out and the people were just, they were just awful working with, you know, that's not easy work. Not mm-hmm. here either yeah you know and i i that took me like i left that pretty quickly because i was like dude i'm just losing sleep over it i get like five hours of sleep i get up at 4 a.m and you're just at it all day so i left that and then i remember having this conversation with my brother sean i know my dad was like a computer science uh, geek too so um you know i thought well hey you know this there's always a need for this i wanted to build into that and I got as much advice and tips I got from my brother who's in like my, my other brother who lives in um, New Hampshire. He learned all this from the military and uh, he was, he's like 15 years in like cybersecurity type field. So, you know, he's, he's doing pretty well. Yeah. So, you know, he was just kind of giving me tips like, Hey dude, you know, you can just, you know, find a job, build experience from there. And that's really all you need. You don't need to like go back to school and start from, you know, square one again, you know? So luckily I actually did found like a PC technician job that was in Tempe. This was like two weeks prior from when shutdown hit. So I was like, Phew. like I was lucky. Worked out. Yeah. Yeah. So I was very lucky because that was like an essential need where, uh, you know, we just had a, a nonstop of clients coming in with like their broken laptops and these schools that need to have these Chromebooks. Cause that's what they relied on for their students. Cause everyone was working from home. Oh, yeah. So we were just getting bulk loads of them and it was a warehouse of like four of us. So, I was very fortunate to actually have consistent work throughout everything, you know, so that was like a weight lifted off. Um, but I stuck there for about two years and then things just kind of, it, it was like a family owned business. So like things kind of just went to shit. Like, uh, there was like a, a lot of family drama that was going on and it was affecting the employees. So long story short, I left there and then I felt, well, I, I found an opportunity at Mayo Clinic right over here in Phoenix. So, you know, I just went on this pursuit of like trying to build an IT, you know, for about like three years. And then, you know, deep down inside, I realized that I didn't like this at all. Like, I, I just, I don't see my future in this. I'm not, ha- I'm not passionate about it. I can't find it. And, but the reason I didn't, you know, why I was hesitant of stopping was because I'm like, dude, I just put like three years into this work. I'm building up. I built up like 
you know, relationships with people. So like, it was hard for me to just kind of let go, you know, because I was afraid to just start from square one again, you know? So that again, like was still this root inside me that was like just leading to the bad habits again, you know, like the only way I could filter out like my stress, anxiety, and just feeling kind of like I'm on this road path, this roadmap to nothing, uh, just, you know, led towards like more partying, drinking, and, uh, you know, other substances. So there really was just, I just wasn't very help, like treating myself very well, you know? And then I know my brother, he went on, this was about like a little over a year ago. So my brother went, um, he linked up with some people. Well, he linked up with an old friend from LA who was like running all these like ayahuasca ceremonies and all that. So that's where he goes on this, uh, you know, this whole journey in uh, Southern California where he, you know, went to his ceremony and did that. And then he came back. I talked to him and I just remember seeing him with the biggest smile on his face. Like he was just, he just seemed, you know, just totally refreshed, just like, you know, just like a new being, you yeah. know? And, uh, he was like, dude, like, you know, I, I just feel absolutely amazing, you know? And I saw the change in him, the habits that like, he was um, implementing through his day-to-day -day life and, you know, he no longer was like, you know, an angry or depressed or like, you know, an anxiety anxious person. So, you know, for me, I was like, well, you know, dude, I tried talking to therapists. I tried, um, you know, a few different things like to just kind of, kind of wrap my mind around like what I'm doing with my life and nothing would have seemed to have worked because I found out like one thing there is, is like you can connect the dots on things, but you know, I, I, you know, just couldn't like express it, but I had too much entanglements going on where I just, you know, I couldn't figure anything out. So I did a lot of research. I saw documentaries years prior to like what ayahuasca was and, you know, it intrigued me and it seemed like this was just like that, that opening, that opportunity that this was a place my brother went to and just told me about everything. And I even saw the last day when I was going to pick them up. So I got to observe like how they ran everything like at first hand. So you know, a few months later, I signed up. I said, all right, you know, fuck it, let's do this, you know. And uh, I go on that journey, which was like a three-day weekend. Um, you know, three days, you know, they have uh, the Taita there. It was very ceremonial, the setting, you know. And uh, there, was about, there must have been about 50 people in the shack, too. So there was like quite a handful of people. And um, It's like a legit thing. Like, they, they have it down. Oh, like, yeah. Like, I think some people who... Listener, like, well, this dude, he's just going to go to this place, and these people are doing all this, like, weird shit. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, these guys know, like, it's a it's a system. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a real, like, that's kind of how it's run. Oh, absolutely. There is, like, it, it's very passed down through their lineage, uh, very ceremonial. Everybody's tuned in. There's a very deep respect. And, you know, the community is very on top of this, too, as far as, like, really, if any of the, like, newbies come in, they get you on, like, these, like, Zoom calls to be like, hey, listen. Like, they're just going to tell you about it, how to prepare for it, what to go for it. Like, listen, we got this. And, um, you know, so we went through that uh, the whole weekend. And it was definitely one of the most beautiful yet painful weekends of my life. But I remember coming out of it and, you know, it was just amazing. It really was. It was just, um, you know, everything everything that was holding me back, all the baggage I had within me, that was just like, you know, the self-sabotage. Um, you know, the judgment, whatever it is, there's like a number of things, ego, yeah. all of it, like just all purged out. 
And then you kind of see things for really what it is because then you realize like I've been having these lenses on my whole life. These things that are somatically inside me have been actually driving like my whole subconscious like thought process of like how I perceive the world, you know, because most of my life was like, why is the world working against me? And ayahuasca was basically like a slap in the face being like, no, dude, you were doing that to yourself. You know, and that's like for for most people who are listening, like that's kind of the point is like to either let go or to see your life through a different mm-hmm. viewpoint, basically. Yeah, you see the viewpoint for what it really is because you not know, the story you've told yourself for twenty years. Exactly. Yeah, the story you've created, the hum, all the human conditioning that you've built upon that even good it got passed down, um, just all of it, like all of those things that like live within you, um, you know, because people can live, you know, most of their life thinking, what's wrong with me? Like, there's something going on with me, you know? And I can imagine there was a number of people. I was guilty of that, too. I felt like there was just something wrong with me. Why do I feel like everyone's doing better and I'm not and all these things when really that was just all the shit that I was conditioning within myself, Yeah. you know? And then that's where, like, that whole weekend just snapped me out of it. But one of the things that they had on that first day was uh, they have a guy part of that community that does, his name's Watali Marty now. This guy's absolutely fucking incredible. He's a transformational uh, breathwork specialist. So, you know, that's what he does before all these ceremonies is on that first day, um, you know, he'll put everyone through like a one-hour emotional release breathwork journey. And basically what that consists of is like everyone's in the room, they're lying down comfortably, maybe like one small pillow, And, you know, it's a curated experience with like a certain type of playlist that he plays, you know, or even like actual instruments that are played in the room. It's a whole setting. And it's basically just this very intensified deep breathing for, you know, like in about an hour. So it's very discomforting, you know. And uh, what that does is that basically um, it just when you breathe hard like that, just is just this is just basic mechanics of breathing here. But what that does is that, you know, we have 90,000 miles of. uh, worth of blood vessels in the body, which is such an astronomical number. It's crazy. It's nuts. So you have that large <clears throat> amount of blood vessels in the body, and when you breathe faster, it uh, vasoconstricts everything within your body. So how you breathe affects all of them every single day. So the point of these type of uh, setting and journeys is that you breathe intensely, whether that's holotropic breathing, uh, some form of conscious connected breathing that they call it. And then what that does is that that vasoconstricts it. It restricts the blood flow going into the the thinking mind, the prefrontal cortex. That's how that works because, you know, so much of our conditioning and the disruption comes from that front frontal low part of the brain, you know, which we're only uh, really active about 5% of our minds most of the time. There's like 95% based on neuroscience that we're not conscious of, that we're not using. We're dummies. We're dummies. For sure. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> most of us yeah i can tell no, yeah for sure yeah exactly you know and it's one thing where you know you can talk with a therapist or you do psychotherapy all these things and you know i'm not trying to like you know talk shit on them and stuff i know maybe it has helped uh, help a handful of people but there's also a large number of people that's like you know it just doesn't do it for me or it takes them like 10 years to get this done where the whole majority of this type of work with the breath work was what they did is like with i noticed when we were when we started into this journey at uh, the setting, we were like 15 minutes in and people, there was just all sorts of different reactions going on within the room. And again, like this is like 45, 50 people. So like you know, what people freaking out and shit. There was, there was some people like they were just laughing like clowns. There was people like, just like screaming. There was people crying. 
just from was, just from breathing. Just from the breathing. They're not on drugs. Nothing. Okay. There is absolutely nothing. I know. Yeah. That's <laughs> trippy, dude. It was nuts. So because that's when I knew nothing about this. Like I had practiced some Wim Hof breathing like before all this, which, you know, that kind of like opened my world to what breathwork was. Yeah. What do you think of him? He's freaking amazing. It's crazy. He's also right? a maniac too. Yeah. It's you nuts, know? bro. I know. Just climbing Mount Everest like in his underwear. You know? And like no does he have did he have shoes on? I don't know. I don't think so. Because like one of them, like I'm watching him, he's hiking with no shoes on. And oh like, yeah. I grew up in Minnesota, dude. And you know, Massachusetts, same shit. You don't do that. No. Like what the fuck? That's breathing? Yeah. Well he, he has a different gift. Too. Well, yeah, yeah. He he's just so conditioned into you know, everything that he's tried out, you know, through his breathing, his, his whole philosophy behind it. Yeah. It, it, he's a maniac, dude. But, you know, he really, show, like, he really shows us the, like, you know, what we could actually be capable of, you know. If you really took – and everybody's different. Like, his ceiling is probably different than, oh, yeah. you know, Roger's ceiling down the street because this dude's a psycho and Roger just works at the bank. <laughs> yeah. But not that he couldn't get better. But I guess the point is that – you can control when you look at like, and I'm not to get off track, but like cold plunges and some of the temperature created stuff, like even like sauna, like depending on it's hot, cold, mm. the breathing matters for how long you can stay in those things. Exactly. Cause when you start to panic, like bro, like I hate cold more. That's why I live here. But it's like doing those things. I'm like, this shit sucks, dude. But if you can control the breathing and slow things down and like be, I guess in a different state, is that how you guys describe it? Yeah, you know, I mean, it, the the breathing is a direct link to your nervous system, you know. So when you do something as far as like the cold plunge or in a hot, that just directly shocks it, you know. So you have to keep that under control. So it's like panic. Yeah, exactly. that's what everybody does. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, like if you're if, if somebody didn't know nothing about breathing and they go into cold water, what are they going to be like? They're going to be like, <gasps> you know, like ten, it's just, just ten out of control. Tense. That's it, you know. Yeah. But once you just kind of like you're like, hey, listen, trust, like trust your breathing, trust your body. You know, so when you're doing this, the only thing you had heard before is like you've done some Wim Hof stuff and that's it. Yeah. So I did some Wim Hof stuff and I actually knew about the guy with Tali, like who run, who goes to these ceremonies too. Like I, I did hear about him from my brother's experience. So he had like this one recording of like a daily practice, which was like 15, 20 minutes. And I was doing that quite often. And like, I noticed a big shift, like just from doing those, I even had a couple like, you know, emotional releases from that too. But just from breathing, just from breathing, because, you know, people are listening like, what is this dude talking about? He's yeah. breathing and he's getting emotional. Mm-hmm. Like it sounds they think you sound crazy. I know. Yeah, I, I, I did, too. You probably did before. You're like, what? This is bullshit. Yeah. But that's like most things in life. Well, when I heard about it, like, like with breath work, at least with Wim Hof, I did know that it was able to calm you or slow things down or you can speed it up. Like it did have some reflection to your nervous system. So I was pretty open to that. You know, but like when I heard about the emotional releases, that's where I was like, dude, how does this fucking work? Yeah. You know, so again, back to like when we we're at that ceremony. So I remember we're in that one hour of that ceremony of breathing. There's all different types of reactions. And the guy walking around is just, you know, he's just guiding it. He's telling you how to breathe. He's yelling all these things like, why are you here? What's going on in your life? You know, what's happening? What do you need to let go of? Like just all sorts of things that could trigger people you know, some sort of emotional reaction because what's happening is that you're shutting down this prefrontal cortex part of your brain, the thinking brain, the ego mind, like that central governor. Yep. And then once you get that out, that opens the door to the, the 95%, the subconscious part of your mind and you don't know what's in there. So things can just kind of come up and all this breathing activates 
a lot of energy throughout the body. That's what happens. So in one of the uh, phenomenons is called transient hypofrontality. So you shut down the prefrontal mind, you open the doors to subconscious to your body and your body holds, um, all of like the stories and the baggage and the traumas that you carry within your body. And there's an amazing book out there called the body keeps the record. Uh, that's a book about, um, this therapist that wrote, um, you know, writes about like how trauma affects the body and all that. So basically, um, you know, from the day you were born from like today to today, um, your body remembers everything. So think about, you know, like if somebody went through like a rough experience, um, you know, maybe they got like uh, yelled at by their teacher or whatnot, you know, and, and, you know, trauma doesn't have to be this like massive thing. It doesn't have to be like, Hey, I was on the battlefield or whatnot. It could have been like, Hey, you know, I, I made a mistake and someone got pissed at me or I, you know, as a kid, I fell off my bike and bruised my leg. But then it all stacks up. Though. But it all stacks up in your body. It remembers that. So that's why like, you know, maybe you had a little accident on the bike and then because of that one little experience, like, you know, the, the thought of you being on a bike, you're like, Oh fuck, no, I'm not doing this. Cause your body triggers to that. Yeah. You know? So it's not necessarily just the mind. It's the body that remembers this. So like when these are, when there's no outlet within ourselves to release those, you know, all of that baggage that's within inside us, um, they lock into the body. So, you know, they'll lock in and they'll come in as different forms. You know, they can come in as tension, um, you know, tension, aches, pains, it can affect the way that you breathe. It can affect all sorts of part physiology within the body that happens. And I'll even explain too, I grew up with asthma, you know? So, I mean, one of the things that I learned like with my asthma too was, um, you know, like I, I, I played sports and all that. So I had trouble breathing and the doctors, you know, would only tell me like, Hey, just have your inhaler with you and take these steroids. So, you know, I felt that, well, I'm just going to have this for the rest of my life, you know. Is that still the prescription? I believe so. Typically? Typically, most yeah. Doctors. Typically, yeah. And, you know, I didn't understand understand anything about, like, you know, my vertical or horizontal breathing, which I'll, I'll get to that in a second. I, I think I kind of lost track on the uh, the ceremony part. No, you're fine. But did, did the does, like, the inhaler and the steroids help? Very little. Yeah. Very little. I had other factors as far as my diet, my, my fitness, um, you know, and then like everything that I kind of felt that was fucking up my nervous system. Cause I was always in a state of fight or flight that was making it worse. Yeah. So that was the problem. So my nervous system was just all jacked up. Like basically how most people live probably yeah. every day, every day. Cause I forget the stat. It was like, you know, if you're talking like 150 years ago, that fight or flight, you would have it, but it would be so infrequent compared to today. Mm-hmm. Now more drastic, right? Like, oh, here's a fucking bear attack or, oh, mm-hmm. like our wagon got stuck in the river, you know, shit like that. Mm-hmm. And now it's like you get it 10 times a day. Yeah. I'm stuck in traffic. Oh, this social media post. I got this email from here. My kid's fucking screaming, like all these different things. But you're living in this constant state of mm-hmm. stimulus. So I imagine most people, how you were breathing that's how they breathe every day, every single day. That's yeah, it. absolutely. And that was causing so much health issues for me too. And, um, you know, so with all of that, just like built up into my body, you know, that's what I later learned on is like that, all of that. And was what was like directing my whole perception of everything, you know? So I was just running like fear-based you know, from like all of my past stories or the stories I was creating within myself because they all had an influence within my whole psyche. So that's where when we went into this breathing, it basically is activating all the energy in your body 
And then at the very end of it, basically what he does when he like, you know, builds up like 40 minutes into this, um, you basically take this massive breath hold and you just like squeeze and tense everything. And of course he's like very, he's speaking with like a lot of authority as to like, you know, pull up everything, like your fears, your judgments, all of it. Because when you peel those layers down, you start to get the answers that like maybe you didn't know you had because you have all these other things that are conflicting your judgment. So that's the whole idea is that you're knocking that judge out of the way and you're just digging deep, you know, and then you have to express it because we don't have an outlet. Most people don't like have an outlet to just like let things out. So then they just, you know, people can, uh, you know, grow up very, you know, uh, tense or, you know, like then you just old school, just bury it, dude. Yeah. Just yeah. Bury yeah, it. yeah. Just submerge it. Just suppress it. Or you mask it. Mm-hmm. True. Exactly. I mean, but I think that's what we all do with everything, drugs, alcohol, or even fitness. I'm going to be super fit because of mm-hmm. who fucking knows what. Like, there's a reason why we do the things we do, yeah. like all of us. Like, why would I need to be this fit all the time? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, do you just like it? Yeah, I do just like it. I go, but there's probably nine other reasons behind it. Mm-hmm. Why do I have to make this much money? Why do I have to, you know, look this way? dude? Like, all these things come from something else. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's positive stuff. But sometimes it's not. Yeah. For a lot of people. Exactly. Yeah. And we can't forget the good things that, like, you know, we, we grow up with too, you know, don't get me wrong. But there's a lot of things that, you know, we build up on ourselves and we, we create this judgment within ourselves. So, um, you know, at the end of that whole session, like, we just freaking screamed all these different releases. I remember I was bawling my eyes out because one of the things he kept asking throughout that journey was like, you know, why are you here? why are you here? And I remember like the beginning of the breathing, I was trying to think of that answer. I was like, I don't know. I I really can't answer that. And then we go a little bit deeper and what happens is you get into a brainwave called theta brainwave state. So basically that's where they call it like a state of hypnosis, but you're not hypnotized. It's basically where your mind, the brainwaves slow down, the prefrontals out and your mind becomes a sponge. So you're more susceptible to auto suggestions and new ideas. Kind of like when you're from the ages from a baby to six years old, they're basically just in theta brainwave because everything that they're around and hearing, they're just soaking it all in. So this is really that opportunity where you can put people through that, through the breathing. Then, then you can but just it's like of, hypnosis, but no. Yeah. In scientific terms, they call it like, Oh, it's like a state of hypnosis. But from what I coaches say, they're, they're like, you know, you're, you're not actually hypnotized. It's not like, Hey, you know, jump up. Like, like do you believe monkey. in hypnosis? <sighs> like if I go to Chris Angel, like, is he really going to hypnotize? Me? I don't know. To be honest. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I kind of feel like I wouldn't like, I just, I w- wouldn't happen. Cause no. I would just be like, fuck, I'm not really going to listen to this shit. Yeah. Cause you have to like, let go basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't, I think I'd have a hard time letting go. Just mm-hmm. curious. But that's kind of like, I guess teaching anything from a kid who's of zero to six or in those lower age ranges, like mm-hmm. how they learn how to read, how to write, uh, speak a different mm-hmm. language, play piano. Mm-hmm. Way easier when you're young than when you're 40. Yeah. That's probably why. Yeah, exactly. One of the best terms that I heard as far as like how breathwork does like to like that transformational uh, breathwork does to the body. Uh, he references back to like a soda bottle, right? You know, like you look at the soda bottle, you see these bubbles on the side on the bottom. They're just stuck there, right? And he's like, imagine like the bottle is your body and like these bubbles are like your stuck traumas in the body. But he's like, you know, and then you just like tap the bottle and then they start, they go up and they evaporate. That's what this work does. That makes sense. Yeah. So that's basically what it is. So you have to find that outlet basically where it just pulls everything up and you, you know, at the end of it, you have this massive scream or cry, whatever it is you need to express. And then once that's released, then you just like, you just feel much more at ease, much more peace. And you're just like, okay, things are cleared out. I can actually see things for what they are. 
some, you know, and a lot of things happen too, as far as not just even on the release part, but you may even like pop up new ideas on something that maybe you haven't thought of before, you know? And I remember for me personally, I had like all these sorts of like childhood memories pop up, um, you know, and as he was asking the question, like, why are you here? Why are you here? Finally, when I hit that breaking point, the thing that I like, just like, you know, cried out to was like, I just want my fucking life back, you know? And like, that was the core reason of why I was there that entire weekend was I just wanted my life back. So but after you, you went into it, like, I don't want to say you're not normal, yeah, but like you went into it like a normal person. Yeah. Like, well, did, or did you, were you like, Hey, I'm open to this. I believe like this can really change my life. Or we were just kind of like, yeah, this is might be bullshit. No, I, I very much was open to it, you know, because I, I knew about it for like nearly a decade. Like I was always like very curious and interested with it, you know, but never was like, you know, I don't need to go do this or whatnot, but something just kind of was like intriguing about it as this something like that is really out there. But then finally, like, you know, it finally just came about that time where things were hard enough and, you know, I felt like the opportunity came, like I kind of felt like it was a calling and it was like, all right, you know, I know enough about this. I know my brother did it and I knew a few other people that did it. They said they were totally fine. So, you know, I just went into it with an open mind and, you know, took the leap. But after I did that transformational breath work, that's where I had this deep connection to it. And I realized like, I just wanted to see how far I can go down this rabbit hole as to like how this fucking works. And, like, how can I, like, get this out there to people, you know, and guide people through this? Because, like, dude, so many people could use this, you know? Like, it doesn't even have to be, like, an emotional trauma release. It can even just be, like, like dude, I have been, I just have all this built-up stress in me, like, from, you know, the shitty job that I don't like or whatnot. And, like, just put them through that and see what the outcome is, you know? So, you know, after that ceremony, which was, like, the life-changing moment, literally, I come back. And I quit my IT job because I realized, yeah, I hate this. And, uh, you know, I actually, like, found work at um, Restore Hyper Wellness, which is, like, a, um, you know, like, health wellness type location where it's, like, you know, the cold therapy, hot therapy, red light, compression, all of that. Yeah. Because I remember working a previous job where I had a place like that. And um, that was one of my favorite jobs that I had. So the one of the biggest lessons that I learned throughout that whole weekend. Where is Restore, by the way? There's multiple locations. Dude. There, uh, the one I am is uh, in North Scottsdale. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, it's the one I had. So, um, you know, but I remember working at a place like that was like very similar to that. And it was one of the favorite jobs I had. And, you know, one of the biggest things, if not the biggest thing that I learned from that weekend, once I removed all that gunk, uh, basically it was like, listen, follow your heart, you know, like, and I was like, okay, well, what does that mean? It's like, what, what is your highest excitement? And I was like, well, my highest excitement was honestly like just the whole breath work, the fitness world, the the healing modalities, the biohacking, all of it. You know, it's like, well, there you go. It's much more simple than, you know, you don't need to overcomplicate it. It's much more simple than you think. So that's where I got on the path to, you know, I quit the IT world. I worked at Restore and then I got into the coaching program. I found a coaching program that was specific, um, specifically for transformational breathing and it just taught you everything you needed to know as to like the mechanics of breathing, um, how it works physiology and mentally and psyche throughout the body and how to curate a proper setting and how, you know, the ethics of coaching and everything like that. So that's where the journey began about seven months ago where I did that. So like how would like for a normal person who's listening, who would just, you know, they, most people listen to this probably exercise since it's 
fitness podcast, you would think. So they're exercising, they're working out, they're doing their thing, but maybe they have a job like a normal mm-hmm. person. They got some kids. They got the normal shit. From what you see people, most people kind of breathe just erratic or they're just off tilt, especially if they have like stress and anxiety and things. Or mm-hmm. if you're like, hey, when I get on an airplane, I kind of panic for whatever fuck reason it is. Mm-hmm. Like, is there things you walk people through that are simple enough to like help them with that? Because I see that all the time where people are like, oh, I'm so nervous. I'm like, dude, it's a plane. Yeah. Like, I don't give a shit. I'm like, well, if we fucking die, we die. I'm like, but I'm like, it's probably not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But some people like can't get over that or they're carrying stuff from work or who knows what it is. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things I do kind of go over is, uh, you know, just like the basic mechanics. So like, you know, obviously if you're aware that you're stressed, you're anxious, uh, you know, you're freaking out about something the, the key thing that happens, you know, with our breathing is that we breathe very shallow. We can breathe through our mouth and we breathe into our upper chest. That's just a state of fight or flight. That's typically what happens. And I see that with most people conscious, you know, like all the time. So, like not, because you've done it so much now, like when you're out places, do you just like creep on people and like stare at them? No, no. But you'll notice, right? I notice it like if I'm with like friends or like with clients or whatnot, and like I I kind of see, you know, like like some like some of the people I work with too when they're just like you know racing around going from place to place or they're just like they just look so stressed out. Um, I can notice those things, you know, something I didn't notice before, but now I do. And if if they could just change the breathing pattern mm-hmm. it could like snap them out I, of a lot of that shit i think it would help tremendously absolutely because it just you know it's not something that you just okay i take a few uh you know slow deep breaths and okay i'm good no it's not like that it's something you have to be consistent with it's like exercise it's just like exercise yeah you know and that's another thing too like you know when it comes to exercise you want to train you know Everything is consistency, and I know you know this. Obviously, you know, like it's you know you want to you want to lose weight, you want to bulk up, you want to you know have faster cardio. It's all working the muscles and the system within your body, like just through like those stressors and just pushing yourself. And the same concept with breathing. You're breathing like your diaphragm. That is a muscle within your body too that you need to like help open up. Because the thing that I learned about when I was vertically breathing, which for anybody that doesn't know, vertically breathing is when you are breathing like you know, up and down, like through your chest and your shoulders. That's what vertical breathing is. And most of us are, that is not what you want to do. That is not the way, uh, that's just getting into a, a constant state of fight or flight. Um, you know, the passageways are very narrow. So even if you're like going in through like a, a high performance, like protocol within training and you can't catch a breath and you're vertically breathing, that's probably a big indicator why. So the way that I learned was horizontal breathing, which is where, you know, you're just stretching out your deep belly, your diaphragm, you're, you're kind of pushing out the intercostal muscles within your rib cages. And then what that does is it feels weird at first because your body's not used to it, but it does get better. And then you will be able to take in two and a half times more oxygen within your body. And then with that, and you do slow nasal breathing, your body, you know, your body will slow down, then your nervous system will follow. So when you're describing that, you don't just mean like standing vertical, like no. you mean just the way that you are breathing. So how does somebody who's listening like, well, what the fuck is this dude talking about? Like, I don't know how to get there. Like if you see people who are like real athletes, like legit and have mastered it, you do breathe through the stomach mm-hmm. super deep and you almost have like, even no matter how shredded you are, you almost like, it looks like you have like an air baby, mm-hmm. a small one, mm-hmm. but it's there. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? It's like, okay. Now I've really mastered it because we've done enough breathing stuff here and I'll, I'll go back to the nasal breathing because we've done the mouth tape and all the shit too where you panic and it's fucking miserable, but it does, 
it does help. But if somebody who's listening, how do they get from hand breathing vertically to horizontally? Is there anything like, how does like, I guess, cause mentally they, they've never probably done it or they don't understand the connection between the mm-hmm. two. Yeah. So it doesn't matter like how, like your position is, whether you're standing up or you're sitting up or lying down or whatnot, the, the main indicator is if you're breathing vertically, your chest is going to be going up, you know? So if you're breathing up, you know, you notice that your chest is sticking out or your shoulders are lifting up, you know? That's what the vertical breathing is. It's going up where you just want to focus on belly breathing. So basically that's just, you know, you're just like blowing up your belly, you know, mostly. And another indicator too, um, you can do as far as like doing a proper horizontal. This was something I did sometimes when I was sitting down just to get a feel for it, is you can put one hand on each of your rib cages and just try to push them out. Like try to push your hands out. Oh yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So that's one way to do that too. And then just getting in the habit of whatever it is that you're doing, just breathe down there. If that makes sense. Yeah. And you're trying to mindfully do that all the time. Exactly. Like, do you do it now most of the time? Yeah. Now now I do. Yeah. Yeah. So you really just want to be breathing from like just below the chest pecs, like to your belly, anything that's above the nipples, honestly, is like, that's not where you want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever find yourself going back to that? A couple times. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I'll slip away from Like it, if you, you panic know. or you're yeah. stressed or some shit? Yeah, sometimes I will. But I think I'm uh, much more aware of it when I do. Like I'll catch on to it quicker. I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, because I'll see people, even like my wife, for example, like when she's working and she's working, let's say, in a healthy way. And then if she's working like in a stressed way, her physiology changes at her office desk. You know, and, and I do the same thing. Like if I'm just coming back, like when I'm talking to you, it's, it's easy. I can sit, lay back here. It's bullshit. If I got like some garbage on here, I'm like, let me get in here. And I kind of do my thing and I completely change everything. And I'll notice it too, maybe more so like if I'm really salty, I might like hold my breath. And I'm like, fuck it. Like I'm not even breathing right now. And I'll wake up like, okay, dude, you got to chill out. Mm-hmm. But I think we all do it. So the key is to just be mindful of it if you can get there. Exactly. No, and you can definitely get there too. It's just being aware of it, you know? So like that was the whole game changer for me was like once I learned that, I'm like, all right, so everything that I do, every time I work out, you know, that is where I'm going to like focus all my breath and tension. And it takes, you know, it does take a little bit of consistency because like I said before, it, it feels weird, you know, like like you're you're completely redirecting something that your body's not used to. Well, especially if you just, hey, I'm going to go out and go for a run or exercise, do whatever. Because it's a natural thing, you don't think of it. Mm-hmm. It's why I'm, I'm not a fan of people just like, oh, I'm going to tie my shoes and go run. I'm like, well, you don't even know how to fucking run for one. Like, you, you don't. No one taught you. You can do it, but it's not correct, probably. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't do any mobility, and there's a million things that are going to go wrong with the mechanics. Breathing is the same way because it's just this natural thing. Shit, I remember watching, like, Kelly Sturette talking about getting – before you even get on, like if you're going to like do like assault bike intervals, like kind of getting that cadence of breathing down mm-hmm. before you even get on the bike. Mm-hmm. So the recovery can be faster, except instead of going from like basically a dead sleep to fucking dead sprint to now this panic mode, mm-hmm. which brings me to the nasal breathing versus the mouth breathing. Cause we've done a lot of this here. Um, I'll tell the story super fast and I'll let you just go down the rabbit hole, mm-hmm. but we're doing a, uh, God, we're at, I think we're at Solus um, in New York, and we're doing these rowing uh, intervals, which were just on the erg, which are just fucking terrible. And I remember this is shortly after this, we started doing all the mouth tape, which I'll get to. 
but we were there and he's like, okay, we're going to row. It's like max meters in a minute. Then we'll take a minute and then we'll do a minute and it's repeats. And then whoever has the most meters wins. And obviously like, I'm going to try to fucking die, obviously, but you're there. And I remember, uh, red coaching and he's like, Hey, just keep your face calm, which I thought was so strange. I'm like, that's what the fuck is that going to do? He's like, yeah, but if you just keep your face calm and you don't tense and you don't tighten, he goes, you are going to slow the breathing down just by having this relaxed face. And I'm like, this sounds crazy. And sure enough, I do it. And I'm like, I panic way, way further down the line than I used to. That's for one. And then two, and I'll let you talk about that stuff. And then also we would start with, I mean, the mouth tape, which does suck if you're not used to it because we all panic at some point and I always would start to chew through it in some of these races. I go, but if you can breathe through your nose for way longer before you even start to breathe through your mouth, to me, it feels like you almost have like a second set of lungs, really, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So I would be doing, and again, I'm, I just, I have the gifts that I have to whatever extent it was. And all of a sudden I start doing that. I'm fucking smoking people and I'm old now and I can still do it. And I'm like, it's almost like a cheat code mm-hmm. that other people don't have. Mm-hmm. If you want to talk on any of that stuff. Yeah. hundred percent. And you know, like you said, a lot of this stuff does sound crazy for anyone listening, but it's crazy until like, you know, you do you try it out and for sure. then it's like, Oh no, this is actually a legit thing. And you know, that's a, a lot of things like, you know, we're, you know, we talk about breathing and, you know, a lot of people will like tend to wonder like, well, how does breathing do all of this? You know, but yeah, no, with the nasal breathing for sure. Like, no, that is the game changer, dude. Like if you, there, there is an amazing book uh, by Pat, uh, Patrick McCowan, um, uh, called the oxygen advantage. And he also has a book called the breathing cure, but uh, the oxygen advantage uh, really dives into like, obviously the mechanics of breathing, like every fundamental part of it and how it works, like every scientific term, like how to do that as far as like fitness performance and the background stories they've done with like Olympic performers and how, you know, they've really upped their game to the breathing. But when you're nasal breathing versus your mouth breathing, so your nasal breathing is what actually it creates 50% more resistance when you're taking your inhale in. Okay. And the reason Say it again? One, 50%, it gives a 50% more resistance of breathing when you do your nasal versus the mouth. And what does that mean for people? What that means is like, if you th- imagine you're taking a mouth breath, right? It's so quick and you take a larger amount, just, you know, but if you go through the nose, there's actually more ventilations that it has to go through. That's why like when you, you do the mouth tape on someone, they could panic because they're not, they feel like they're getting that breath hunger because they can't go through the nose. Yeah. Right. So that's really the key to having this good functional pattern within your nervous system is because with the nose, it does create a little bit more of that resistance versus your mouth, but that's also producing more nitric oxide in the back sinus region area too. And nitric oxide is key to having this more open dilation within your vessels in your body. And that is just what keeps everything going without constricting themselves. Cause if you're breathing faster, using your mouth, you're not getting enough oxygen uh, or, or as a matter of fact, you're over breathing. So it's just kind of like, Hey, you're taking in more food when you're already full. Yeah. You know? And then it's just going to clog everything up and then you can black out because you're not that that's where the panic comes from. So the key is you want to have slower breathing, which opens up the vessels in the body. So think about that. 90,000 miles worth of blood vessels in the body, slower breathing opens them up. Faster breathing closes them. That's how that works. So think about that. Every single time that there is, you know, you're doing something cardio or for fitness performance wise, you want to have slow and controlled breathing and the nasal part of it is the way to go with that. And you're using more ventilation. It's producing more nitric oxide and 
it just creates like a more safe passageway into the diaphragmatic belly and so on. So that's where you have more of that resistance because the mouth is a state of fight or flight. You know, that's where you're just taking in more gulps of air or, you know, maybe you're just breathing too fast. You're constricting everything. And then, you know, that anxiousness be creates more anxiousness or uh, the panic becomes more panic. And then everything's just scattered. Your nervous system's like, dude, what the fuck? Well, yeah, because when you watch athletes or you watch like fighters specifically, when the mouth mm -hmm. becomes open, you know, they're gassed, like they're, oh, they're yeah. in trouble. Mm -hmm. And again, like I have never stepped in an octagon, so I imagine like there's a certain level of panic and anxiety and things like that. Well, even if no matter what you train, like everybody has a plan until like you're in there probably. But you watch it and you see it. And I guess to your point, in terms of like if you look at like pre-workouts and how this shit sells now, like all the vaso, you know, dilators like caffeine, the NO products, mm -hmm. like that's probably why they're in there to, mm -hmm. to do that exact same function, which is trippy. But again, it's easy to say that like, hey, guys, when you're on the assault bike, just breathe through your nose and like chill out mm -hmm. yeah until it's not yeah there was a chapter that i just recently read in that oxygen advantage book it's like the nose is for breathing mouth is for eating you know that's you know to go and remember yeah for sure exactly <laughs> but it's such a hard thing for people to change doing mm -hmm. it, it's easy until it's not and like because we all do it took me a long time mm -hmm. and there'll be times now even towards the end i'm like well fuck it dude i got 30 seconds like i just need to get i just mm -hmm. can't like it's like how I describe it is, and now they have like mouth guards too that can mm -hmm. kind of uh, help and do it, which we've graduated to that sometimes. I still do like the tape. It's the old school. Mm -hmm. But you feel like you're being buried alive. Yeah. But you're like on a ski or a row or whatever you're doing. Yeah. No, it definitely does. And, you know, it's, it's, it's another type of conditioning you have to retrain yourself to do. The same thing where I said with the horizontal breathing. It feels weird at first. And that's another thing too where – if you look back, like I, I'm, I'm kind of like shifting gears as to like going back with like, you know, how us humans, we've just become the most like plugged up animals versus like, you know, 100 years, 200 years ago is uh, this is actually another type of read too by James Nestor called breathing. And uh, what he discovered. Is it, bre is it breath? Breathe? I think it's breathe. Breathe. Yeah, breathe. Like like the lost art of breathing. Yeah. I you listened know. to that book. He's, um, yeah. he did a lot. He's not a, he's not a scientist though. He's just like a normal dude. Yeah, yeah. Super fucking is. smart. Yeah, exactly. He's done like years and years of like this research and digging in. But what he found was uh, like all these like archaeological factors like from a professor at Har I believe it's Harvard or whatnot. But um, he found like the, the bone structures and the sculptures of like the human body and how they were. And like he, paid, he saw the nasal cavities, their uh, dental structures, yeah. everything. The nasal cavities wide open. Their diaphragmatic uh, capacity, much bigger. And their teeth, perfectly aligned. And then over the years, like, you know, you, you fast forward like 100 years later, uh, you know, however long it's been, through the, all these factors of our diet, uh, all the unhealthy substances and like poor breathing actually has this direct factor to like where our body sculpture has actually formatted ourselves to be so plugged up. So our nasal um, waves or nasal uh, airways, I should say, uh, just got so narrowed down. So that's why, like, if I tell someone, like, hey, breathe through your nose, they're like, dude, I fucking can't. I'm like, well, you know, there is, like, scientifically uh, research as to where this has trended with us. I think I read that, too, and I think part of it was because they we breathe through the mouth so much, too, it changes the mouth size. Mm -hmm. And also because we don't chew, 
mm-hmm. like we used to chew. Like I, I forget the number. I was like, we used to chew like for like hours a day. Mm-hmm. Like when you'd eat, you'd be like, you're on the fucking Oregon Trail, like you're chewing whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Now it's like everything is mush. And they say like the 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 orthodontics that we use now are really just fucking people up mm-hmm. and making it worse. So each generation is going to get worse and worse and worse in mm-hmm. terms of like our mouths get smaller and they kind of get, I don't want to say like deformed, but mm-hmm. just not like it used to be, which I, I, that really stuck out to me because I'm like, that seems crazy. But I guess if you're talking about, you know, a couple hundred years probably, mm-hmm. which is kind of trippy. It's wild. Yeah. And there's very few people that would think that the way that we inhale and exhale, these 25,000 breaths per day have the have those type of effects on the skeletal sculpture, our, our asthma, our allergies, psoriasis, sleep apnea. I mean, I can go on and on with these things. but And I think people find it so skeptical that something that's so basic is actually very transformative, you know? Well, I mean, if you think about it in terms of like I'm a compound person, just like you invest money or do mm-hmm. split squats or whatever it is, 25,000 of anything a day mm-hmm. has to have a massive impact on stuff, mm-hmm. even structurally. It would just have to. It's like, okay, how does a Grand Canyon get here? Well, it's just water, bro. <laughs> At some point, water, you know what I'm saying? Like you watch like just water's just rushing through, but over and over and over just cutting through. It's the same thing with you, which is true. So you, so you think that with the breathing, you can fix a lot of those things or alleviate them or make them better? Absolutely. Absolutely. I do because everything is, you know, everything plays like a a specific role within our body, obviously, you know, so like with your breathing and your airways and the whole lymphatic system of your circulation, you have to think about like everything that's processing through. So as far as like allergies too, there's certain types of ventilations that go through that kind of like helps deflect certain things that come in versus like if you're mouth breathing, you're inhaling all of that directly. So it's just more importantly, it just operates at a more fundamental level. When you have that proper breathing, your vaso, I'm sorry, not the vaso, your uh, circulation is fully dilated. It's functioning where it needs to. And if you're doing this poorly throughout your years, you know, there can be, there can be blockages that get created throughout it and also love other life factors too, you know, because if you're breathing poorly over a period of time, you know, especially like if you're a mouth breather overnight and, you know, like that creates your sleep apnea and just like creates bad snoring, you wake up with this brain fog because, and, um, because you're not getting enough oxygen that's actually flowing into the aorta of your heart and also flowing into the brain. So again, you do something long enough like that, it's just going to start dissipating in different areas within your body. It's like, oh, well, a lot of this could be rooted back to how you were breathing. Is that common for people if they have a headache when they wake up? It could be. Not their mouth breathers. I mean, or they're shit faced or whatever. Well, yeah, if they're shit faced or shit, yeah. Whatever their problem is, dehydrated. Yep, exactly. Because you'll wake up, like, you know, and that was like one of my problems too. I was a freaking mouth breather, like, just like sleeping every night. And, you know, you wake up with a dry mouth, it sucks up all the moisture in the air. You know? I remember, I think it's in the Nestor book where they just talk about just a piece of like tape, Mm. but vertical on your mouth when you sleep. To start the process, not like full, I'm rowing here, I'm going to duct tape my mouth shut, like not mm-hmm. that, but just light. Like they say that can even help. Or is there something you suggest for people to do? Like if someone's listening, like, hey, I am a mouth breather when I sleep and I feel like shit and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I actually still do it sometimes too. I put like some uh, some mouth tape over and then I have like mm-hmm. one of those, like those breathe right strips over my nose. Those so legit? For- those are good, man. Really? They're really good. I like that. When was it's, that back? You're younger than me. Jerry Rice, I think, started doing those, like in football. Like oh, yeah. Back in the day, yeah. I've seen people do them still once in a while. 
You use those every day? Oh, yeah. Yeah, usually every night. No shit. Yeah, even sometimes during the daytime too. If I feel that like I'm just a little clogged up or whatnot or I'm just – I feel like I'm not getting enough like, you know, just airway through my uh, nose, I'll, I'll, I'll put one of those on. Really? Yeah. And, and, and the beauty of that <laughs> is like <laughs> they're at Walgreens, CVS. Like they're everywhere. And they just pulls it open. Yeah, it just widens it. Just widens it. And you do yeah. that every night? Yeah. No shit. Yeah. So you tell people that's a good thing to do. Yep. That's what my coach recommended. He's like, dude, if you're a mouth breather and you have trouble shutting your mouth like while you're sleeping, he's like, dude, mouth tape it and put that nose strip right on your nose. What do you tell him? Like just a piece of like painting tape or something? Or what do you... uh, I mean, there's all different like types of tape out there. I, I actually, um, I found this like one pair recently through uh, through Amazon. Honestly, they're, it's kind of harder for me because I have a mustache. You know? Yeah, you so got a beard and shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of hard to stay on. But I actually found something online that's been advertising. They call it hostage tape. So it actually looks like this like real. I like where you're going with this. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Seems real safe. Yeah, I know. Uh, I saw the advertisement like for it and I'm like, dude, what the hell is this? But like, um, no, it's basically for that purpose. Like if you're going to go work out, you're going to go run. Uh, I think it looks a little weird if you run, honestly, but yeah. you know, the purpose of it is actually very helpful, but it's just much better, stronger material. And what do you do? Like just a vertical piece or you tape your whole mouth? I, I think, uh, just tape the whole mouth. Yeah. Yeah. That's real deal. I know. But even if it, if it helps start the process for people, because I know that is a huge thing, sleep apnea and just people with, like, not getting restorative sleep for the fact of, like, we would track it sometimes, like, on the Whoop app, right? Mm -hmm. And you could look at it. And I remember, you know, and I don't care what you guys choose to do, but, like, I, you know, everyone's like, well, if I have a drink before bed or if I do edibles or something, like, I sleep great. You mm -hmm. fall asleep for sure, but your sleep latency sucks shit. Like, I'm sorry, but, like, you do wake up way more if you did drugs before you went to sleep. You just do. I'm living proof. Yeah, I was hearing that from uh, Huberman on his podcast. Like, he was talking about that. He's like, dude, I don't suggest, like, melatonin and things like that because, yeah, it'll help you, like, you know, fall asleep, but you're not going to stay asleep. It's like you need the net, like something that's like a natural. I mean, again, in the, in a perfect world, yeah, we go to sleep when it's dark and we wake up when it's light. But I'm like, mm. yeah, fuck you, dude. I get up and I come here at like 4:30 in the morning. Like, good <laughs> luck, dude. I go, but I do feel way better knowing yeah. that my mouth is not open all night long. Yeah, but it's tough to do for people for sure. Yeah, and you know, I I th it it really just shifted gears for me, like the amount of research and the whole coaching program I went to when I learned all this. And like, I'm still continually, continually learning this. Like I'm forever going to be a student behind this, you know, but, um, you know, as I like dove deeper into this rabbit hole with it, I'm just like, dude, this is unbelievable. And the thing that blew my mind is like, why is this not being taught out there when the science is so like factored in and it's like solid that it's just like, it, it just feels so ignored, you know? Uh, I mean, do you want me to tell you why or this, this is just me speaking out loud? You I know, mean, I but... can tell you why, because there's no fucking money in it, dude. If you can just <laughs> give you some drugs, like it's yeah. a way, it, let me think about it. Like, why would we not tell people and people know this? I should exercise mm -hmm. like I should eat right. I should fix my breathing, but that is actually going to take some work mm -hmm. and it's actually hard and it's something I got to do every day. What a pain in the ass. Yeah. Just give me an inhaler. Give me some of these drugs. <laughs> Give me this. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what we, we default to the easiest shit possible. Right. And because if some of this stuff is as effective as it's supposed to be, or it really is, these guys lose money. Mm -hmm. So why would we want to just share all this helpful free shit that yeah. people can do? No, 100%, you know. But, um, yeah, you know, that's why, like, I do what I do, man. You know, I'm trying to, like, trying to get as much information out there. I'm trying to kind of, like, disrupt that type of system. And... Again, I work like 
I work at a combination as far as like, you know, functional breathing, like that can help with performers, but also I do like those curated settings with like the transformational settings as well. And like when someone breathes through their mouth all the time, is this like, Hey, can their allergies be worse? Can like different things be worse or is that just like genetics and it's just like, well, you're just allergic to pollen and is what it is. No, it definitely will make it worse because you're still putting yourself in a fight or flight and, um, you know, your body's, uh, you know, natural receptors as to like, you know, fight off what needs to be dealt with because ultimately our bodies are you know very intelligent like that you know like a, a good healthy human body can you know improve its immunity support it can you know fight off you know things that are like infective or whatnot that's why we have like certain inflammatories and like you know white blood cell count and all of that and like if you're just breathing and also you're absorbing all that in you're taking it in like with a bigger mouth gulp than you are than like with your nose you know so like one factor in where you're not, uh, just absorbent enough oxygen that's going to, um, you know, help utilize the, uh, the healing parts of it that it needs to, then it just gets kind of shut down. And you think like people today, I mean, even like probably post pandemic from even before or 10 years before, like the breathing has gotten substantially worse for most people. I believe so. Yeah. Especially in times like today too, man, you know, and, and, you know, there's so much, you know, just all the shit going on with like COVID and like, you know, being in, you know, the economy that it's in right now, you know, it's crazy, you know? So like, there's just a constant state of, you know, like people need to like kind of keep their eye on the ball constantly or else like everything's going to be fucking dropped. So, you know, and is there like a, for someone who's listening, like if it's like a, I don't want to say like a takeaway or something, but something where they're listing like, okay, if I, if I find myself, you know, and my breathing is erratic or they're listening and they're like, I'm doing all the shit that he says I'm doing. What is something they can just either start doing or is there like a routine that you do or, I mean, yours is probably different now Mm -hmm. versus when you started, but where people will do, like my wife is into this, like uh, she has like a journaling when she wakes up and like a meditation. Mm -hmm. I just fucking get up and Mm -hmm. I'm a stubborn. I just do what I do. Yeah. Uh, My take on this is get a morning routine. Like, do you have one? I do. What do you, like, what's your, break it down? So it's actually, it's quite simple, actually. So like, first thing I get up, I don't touch the phone. I don't go any emails. I don't do any of that shit. I you get up. You don't check Instagram the minute you get up, dude. What are you I doing? used to. What I used doing? to. I know, right? It's crazy. <laughs> Got to keep my eye on the ball, man. It's fucked. That's <laughs> the fucking worst, dude. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, first thing I do is, you know, I'll get up, I'll reach over, you know, like have a cup of water, uh, cold shower. For a couple minutes. You do that, huh? Yep. First thing in the morning. Sounds Cold terrible. shower. Oh, it's great, man. Cold shower. And why do you do that? <sighs> wakes, you're it you're wa- Wim Hof it, it wakes me. I love Wim Hof, man. Mm-hmm. No. I've been, I've, been a, I've been a freak about cryotherapy for years, man. So really? Like, yeah. That's, that's what I've been doing. You do it all the time or no? Almost every day. Really? Yeah. Like to shower or you do like cryo shit? No, like actual cryotherapy, but the cold showers I do too. Really? Yeah. That's... Yeah. So, so I'll start off with, you know, I get up, I grab water, um, you know, I'll take a cold shower and then I'll start off with like some movements. And I've been having my wife get on this routine too, because she was the kind that would just get up and like be scattered, just do whatever, you know, and you know, it doesn't really set the tone for the day. So for me, like I'll get some movements, I'll do some stretching for about, you know, five minutes and then I'll do like a five, 10 minute breath work practice to get my, uh, you know, get my system activated. 
And that's just like you just have a certain like cadence you follow through. Is it the same one every time? Do you change it sometimes? Um, the only thing I change up sometimes is my breathing. Like sometimes I'll try it. Di- I'll try out different breathing techniques. You know, but as far as like the movement, the water, the cold shower, that's the same always. Yeah. Yeah. And I do notice this big difference because when I have this routine of the first thing I do in the morning, it helps set the tone for the rest of my day and just how I feel. I just feel more focused and just kind of in tuned. Do you ever miss it? No. It's all, even if you travel, you're something like, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. This is what I do. Yeah. Absolutely. So for people who, if they're listening, they should have some kind of, if they find themselves like, Hey, I'm stressed. I have anxiety, whatever. My breathing's erratic. Find something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Start off your day. Right. You know, like, you know, it all comes down to just like discipline, you know? So like, because try, try doing that versus like, Oh, you get up, you know, I don't have my clothes laid out for me. Oh shit. I have to, uh, you know, scrounge for clothes. I have to, you know, go do this. Oh, I don't know if I have breakfast ready. What am I going to have? You know? And then, you know, it, you just kind of get in this like scattered state and you're just like, Oh, what the fuck, you know? And I've, 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 I'm living proof of that, you know, and I've seen it firsthand. And what do you think? God, mm-hmm. sorry guys. I did a Metcon this morning and I've coughed 800 <laughs> fucking times so far. I'm going to lose my shit. <clears throat> God, they're just the worst. I hate working out. Um, if you hadn't found this, like, what do you, where do you think your, and obviously your life would be different, obviously, but I don't mean like in terms of career and stuff. Cause obviously this is not what you do for work, but if you didn't find this, like how different of a person do you think you are because you've just been able to just control your breathing? I mean, think about that. Mm. Like the person you were versus the person you are now, you're the same person, yeah. but you're not the same person. Right. You're just the more centered person because the whole idea within breath work is just state change. You know, you're just quieting down the mind and getting into the body. That's it. You're just grounding yourself. And again, it's not like you do this one routine and I'm not saying like, you know, hey, it's going to solve all your life problems. No, like that, that's just overreach. But the whole idea is just having an accumulation of small things that you can do throughout the day. It's not like there's one big thing you have to do. And then there it is for me. I got it. It's just just an accumulation of little habits. That's all it is. Have a morning routine. Slow your breathing down. Move a little bit more. Breathe a little better. And also relax a little bit more. When your body's telling you to relax, relax. And understand that our brains need to process, you know, our stressors of our everyday lives. And there's anything like when you find yourself like you're, you know, you're a normal person. Shit goes wrong in your life. Uh, Work, family, you name it. And you find yourself maybe like you're doing too much or you're overworked or you're just whatever it may be. Do you, how do you slow it down? I mean, is it just like you step away from technology, you get back into like this kind of five minute routine that kind of snaps you out of it or is there something that you do? Well, you know, first off, I am very conscious with just like how I breathe, how I move. And then, you know, one thing is when things are a little chaotic, I make, I make it a priority and it doesn't even have to be like too long. It could be 20 minutes, 30 minutes, but I make it a priority that I set time just for myself, disengage from the phone, disengage from everything. And I'll put myself through just, you know, like a breathwork practice of what a mind. And one of my favorites, I make sure I do this as a routine work once a week. I put myself through a transformational breathwork process. So for me, it's kind of like, you know, I feel like we all have like that storage unit of just like, you know, bullshit that's filled in there that can be within our bodies. For sure. And like I like to use transformational breathwork at least once a week to just clear all it out, you know. And so for people. <clears throat> Go ahead. Oh, sorry. It, it, it's just a like full nervous reset, a full nervous system reset for me. And people, 
if they're going to do something, how long, how long an investment are you asking people a day? Like what would be, you know, maybe they, they watch your stuff on Instagram or they reach out to you and you have them walk through everything. And I think sometimes people think it's just like, Oh, I'm going to do this. And then I'm good. Like it's the way I look at the personal development world. I'm a huge fan of a lot of those things. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan of, of learning, but learning is not enough. You have to actually do shit. And when people go to, if I give an extreme example, like, uh, like a Tony Robbins, like unleash the power within, like I got gifted these tickets from a doctor. I'm sitting like front row next to like fucking Oprah. Super Mm -hmm. cool. And, uh, I remember being there and they're doing all these things. And a lot of it just like really tripped me out. I'm like, no, this ain't for me. Mm -hmm. Um, but I took a lot of really good things from there. And then I integrate them into some of our programs and different things in life because they are things that are very applicable to everyday people and fitness and everything's connected. I say that to say this. They had like a Facebook. This is like when it for like Facebook was like, you know, the shit. Mm-hmm. They had this Facebook group. The amount of people who are super motivated and super jacked the first week afterwards, amazing. Mm-hmm. Never seen anything like it. I understand why the dude's a billionaire for the fact of – well, they get you in an environment and then they change your state and they get you excited. Then they upsell you and downsell you on a million mm-hmm. fucking things. It's a great business model. I learned more about that than probably anything else. But <laughs> it's beside the point. The point is he does get people to change their state. They keep that room cold as shit. Mm-hmm. They give you gloves there because that's how cold it is because they don't want you to fall asleep. They get you standing up and down like 40 fucking times throughout the day. I will say this about him. It is super impressive because the one day I think it was like 11 hours long and the dude didn't leave the stage or take a piss once. <laughs> I would have peed my pants four times. So... That the people are so jacked, they're so excited, they're on their feet, they're cheering like, you know, fucking Elvis is up there, mm-hmm. and the Facebook group was the same way for about a week, mm-hmm. and then the next week it's maybe half that, and then three weeks, and by a month, like, it's crickets, dude. Nobody's mm-hmm. saying shit. And if I had to bet money, of all the people there, maybe like me and like a half a percent are still taking the principles and using them every day Mm -hmm. because I made them part of what I do every single Mm -hmm. day. And I made them part of this business and and our clients. What I'm asking you is if people just come and get the help, what do they have to do each day? You're not asking them for an hour in investment every day to keep this going. Absolutely not. No, it could be five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes a day. That's all it really takes. It doesn't need to be like a huge portion of your time. But, uh, you know, it depends on like what you want to get out of it. Like if you're just looking for something that's like, hey, I just want to have some techniques or something to kind of pull my head out of my ass like real quick for, you know, like 10, 15 minutes a day just to be in like a more calm state, you know, some daily practices, um, you know, for that amount of time on a daily basis. I do that every day, you know. And then if you're, you know, somebody that, you know, like we've kind of talked in the beginning of this discussion too, where people are like really driven by like fear-based trauma or like something that's really holding them back and they're just lost or stuck. That's where, you know, we have to dive a little deeper with, I would do one big transformational journey like a week. So that's like an hour and a half on one of the days. And then for the remainder of the days, just keep consistent with it's the consistency of those smaller practices. And you just think of that as like if somebody, cause obviously everybody has shit, right? Mm-hmm. Like we all just, we call it like what you tolerate. And it's like mm-hmm. in your life, like how, Maybe your piriformis and your glutes are super tight and you, you, you tolerate it every day and then you get in a foam roll and you're like, ah, fuck, like, what is that? Then you find it, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing if you're like an abusive relationship, like you stay in it, you're tolerating that. Mm-hmm. You're essentially saying the same thing for people like your, your fear or your bullshit or your baggage. Mm-hmm. This is just, it, would you say it's like an alternative to therapy or it's just a different avenue you could try if like therapy is not your thing? Yeah, I mean, 
it's definitely the way I looked at it is like you just want to speed up the process as to whatever it's going. So it is like another alternative to therapy for sure. Like I'm the kind of guy that just didn't want to waste no more time and just brass knuckle through the bullshit. Like yeah. I just want to get this out of me because it's one thing to connect the dots on like what your issues are, what they're not. But there's another thing of like actually somatically releasing it from your body, you know? Cause you tried the therapy shit. I've done that. Yeah. And wasn't your thing. No. <clears throat> like no help. At like, all. like it helped connect a couple <clears throat> dots and <throat> stuff, but that was it. Like, it, it's just like, Oh, Hey, like I know this thing, but I'm, I'm not applying it or like, I don't know what to do with this, you know? And that's like what I'm trying to, you know, like show people is that like, we have this healing factor within ourselves to like actually release that. Like, like if there's not, like if we could have any fucking superpower within us, like I think it's this, you know, like you can somatically state, like change the state of your mindset. You can reframe whatever the like patterning it is. Cause that's essentially what everything is within, you know, our psyche, right? There's just this formatted like pattern, you know? And then, you know, apparently like if anyone that's going to go into this work, you know, some people will tolerate it enough until they just can no longer tolerate it, you know? Well, it's weird because it's like your whole life is just a story. Mm -hmm. And it's the story that you tell. I talk about this all the time on here, like the story you tell yourself. And most of those things, like they don't come from you. No. I'm not trying to be a dick to anybody, but most of us have never had an original thought in our life. I, I, I don't mean that negatively, but like I didn't create the iPhone. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't create Netflix, dude. Mm -hmm. I've seen things. I've experienced things. I interpret them. I digest them and I chop them up and I spit them out in a way that is maybe unique to me, but it's probably somebody else has lived through it mm -hmm. or, or very, very similar. And when I think about that, I'm like, okay, we kind of go through all these things. We tell these stories and maybe it's like, I'm too fat. I'm too slow. I'm too stupid. I'm broke. I'll never be rich. I'll never have money. But when you meet like a three-year-old, a three-year-old doesn't believe that. Mm -hmm. A three-year-old doesn't know they're stupid. They don't know their clothes are shit. They don't know they're broke. They don't know they're not athletic. Now, some of those things are, you're going to find out like, yeah, Elon Musk is smarter than me and Michael Jordan's more athletic. Like these are just truths. This mm -hmm. is, but all the other things, like I can't do this, I, that's nonsense. Mm -hmm. And so I guess people sometimes they'll hold on to that for, for 30 years and go to therapy and like, okay, maybe I can get rid of it through therapy, mm -hmm. but can I? And you're saying like this is a thing where you believe this can help people get rid of that stuff. Absolutely, yeah. Which is crazy because I know people are listening and like, bro, how am I going to breathe? And just like get rid of this shit, but probably the same way it's like, well, probably the same way people do fucking like DMT and they get, get rid of shit too. Yeah. Like it puts your brain. You're saying it puts your brain basically, your mind in a different state altogether. Yeah, yeah, it puts it in like theta brainwave state, and then that way you can easily, you know, be open to the auto suggestions that come in, and then like you're actively being coached and like you know, in that space too. So my job as the coach is basically to just create the container and hold that space for people to just fucking let their shit go. So whatever comes up for them at that time comes up. And I remember for me for the longest time when I started doing that type of work, what I noticed too, and I remember over the years, I was told that like when I was walking around, my shoulders were like caved in like this, you know, that's how I walked around and I thought that was normal. It's not normal at all. You know, it's supposed to be like back structured and straight. And then what I was realizing, I was holding all of this like levels of stress within it. So when I was doing the breathing, I remember, I just remember, and one of the, one of the things I was told is like, when you're breathing, you're going to start feeling like, you know, you could feel different types of forms of tensions in certain parts of the bodies because it identifies the areas where you're having blockages. That's where it shows you. So it's going to reveal exactly what the fuck is going on. So I remember for my shoulders, my shoulders were aching so much when I was in that journey. 
or like the, the four first journeys that I did because I was holding so much for contention in there. It was crazy. And then like, I remember shortly afterwards when I was doing it, I was releasing it. It was, you know, at least acting on it. It started to go away. It was, it was dissipating. That was like what was crazy for it. And then I've heard other people like tell me the same type of stories too, where they're like, you know, I felt it on my stomach and then it went away and I've been like carrying this with me for a long time. And then they're able to, you know, on the psyche part of it is that they're able to kind of see things in more of like, it, it puts you in an altered state essentially like with this type of work. So the reason that is very helpful with it is because it puts you out of that patterning that you're essentially in, you're in that wheel patterning that people are just like, I can't seem to get out of it. Well, this is the kind of thing that just blasts you out of it. You're like, okay, now you see things for what it is. You see it from an outside perspective of what you're doing and like, you know, why it is you feel the way you feel like, you know, and there, uh, the guy with Tali, I, I wanted to like uh, share this, like a quick story with him too. The guy with Tali, the one that introduced me to like this whole world of it, the one that guided me, this guy goes around the U S and does, he sells out rooms of like 300 people in a room doing this type of work. It's crazy. He's like this past year, he's done like over a hundred thousand people in a room and like the videos he has of people's reactions is just like crazy. And the way he got into it um, was he was like a professional basketball player, actually. So like he was an athlete, lived the high life, everything. And then um, somewhere along the line, he started having these health conditions. And then something traumatically happened where like he was paralyzed from the bottom down. So like he couldn't walk, not anything like that. And, you know, he went to doctors, got MRIs, you know, took all these medications or operations, all of them. And like they couldn't figure it out. And then a friend of his like introduced him to like holotropic breath work. And then he started doing that. And he was having all these crazy reactions, like laughing, crying, screaming. And he was feeling all the tingling and the you know discomfort within the legs and in his body. But he kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And then when he was releasing all the things that was like traumatic in his life, um, he started getting his feelings back. And his legs were coming to normal. No and, now, and now he's walking around. He shares this story at all of his seminars. And he, rem and he truly believes that he had all these blockages. It was so bad and built up within him that he couldn't fucking walk. I mean, it, and sounds, it's, sounds, it sounds crazy, I yeah, know. for yeah, sure. I know. But, you know, that's where, like, he was living proof of that, where he's like, I did all the medical associations with this, and, like, there was just nothing to do. Now, this guy, like, if you, you know, you, you hear from him, like... He, he dives into the whole plant medicine world so people can listen to him and like a lot of things that he makes sense, but you could also hear him and be like, you know, it sounds kind of crazy, you know, for sure, you know, but that's where like it does heal a lot of physical factors too within your body. Well, it's like you're, because you're essentially what you're describing is like you're changing, I guess the state of what, how you're thinking, or it's like how I would describe it. Like my gorilla version, like you're high. Like, mm. imagine, like, you are high. Like, you know, anybody who's smoked weed before. Mm. Like, you start to see things different or you mm. just question things differently. Whether, and I'm not saying it has to be, like, anxiety, but you look at things differently. Mm. Well, at least for me, anyway. Be like, why am I doing the things I'm doing? Like, mm. why am I saying this? Like, why do I, why would I say this about myself here? Mm. Like, why do I refer myself that way? And, I, and when in normal, like, my brain's normal, I guess, if you want to, if it ever's normal. <laughs> when it's not under the influence... I don't think those things like we're alcohol for most people. You tend to be, um, you know, obviously it shuts off the forebrain that crosses a blood brain barrier. Mm -hmm. It's this different thing where you get in this euphoric state initially mm -hmm. and then people get depressed and then they get negative and they get sad. A lot of people do. Mm -hmm. But when it's like, if it's, you know, THC, 
there's some self-questioning that goes on there that typically doesn't go on with other things. Right. And what you're saying is like when you, I guess, breathe in this way or you walk them through this, some of those same things tend to manifest. Yeah, because this all goes back to the transient hypofrontality. You're quieting down that monkey brain, the frontal cortex. And the thing is, like, this goes back to, like, you know, when I was doing therapy, and, you know, I know many of others have done therapy, but you're essentially just using that part of your brain, and that is what causes the disruptions of our psyche. Yeah. It's all right there. That's where, like, all of our human conditioning is just built up on the walls. Is building up the walls within that realm. So like, you know, just sitting down and talking to someone sure can be helpful for a lot of people. And again, I'm not shitting on, you know, like therapy or whatnot. I know it's been helpful, but you know, in the long haul, like you got 8 billion people in the world or whatnot. So it's not for everybody. It doesn't work, you know? No. And, um, you know, so like there still can be all these entanglements that you're trying to connect the dots and all of that just from talking to somebody, you know, so people can, not be as receptive to that depending on what their conditioning is, you know? So that's why when you use like this type of work, it just shuts it down and then it just slows the brain waves down. And then you basically are just opening the doors to like, Oh shit. Okay. This is what it is. Well, yeah. Cause we use the phrase always like the walls you build, you know, to mm-hmm. protect you. They also imprison you. Yep. From, and that's most things in life. My coach uh, says this all the time. He says, your mind is the cage, your body is the door. Why stay in the cage when your body, when the door's always been open? I'm you know, so Same like, shit, yeah. yeah, exactly, you know? And um, yeah, man, like it, it, it's very powerful stuff. And like, I know it sounds like, you know, like pretty out there for people. But the thing that I've learned with like this breath work with plant medicine and all of it is that, you know, we were born pure. We were born exactly the way we're supposed to be. And, you know, when we kind of go through lives with these different conditionings or situations that inflict that, we can build up all these walls. And like you just said, like we do that ourselves. We do it unconsciously knowing it. And, you know, the fact that I learned with all this work is like, you know, I know it can sound a little bit corny, but it's true. But, you know, everything outside of love is just human conditioning. That's really it. You know, so when you remove all these blockages, that's really what the key is, just removing these blockages. So once you do that, you're good. You're like, okay, now I can kind of move forward with my life in the way that I want to do it, you know, and not having this other shit hold me back. Well, it's crazy now because with the technology we've created, it's amazing. Like I'm super thankful, like Mm -hmm. made a bunch of money, get to meet a lot of people, like it's super cool, Uh, but it's also fucked. Uh, in, the same, in the same sense, mm-hmm. just for the fact of we are not built for this. It is moving so fast and so quick. And the things like you're talking about, like when people carry shit with them, the comparison issues and all mm-hmm. the things that now come with it, like we're basically guinea pigs, mm-hmm. like in this cocoon now. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think there's people who, and maybe you guys will notice this when you go through it, when you're, again, I we post and ghost here. I post and I don't live on mm-hmm. social. I don't care what happens. Sorry, everybody. I don't watch your stories. I don't care what you're doing today. <laughs> um, but a lot of people do and, and they live in those things and that's fine and it's healthy for you if it makes you feel good. But I think a lot of people will find themselves watching things, comparing, having anxiety, their state will change, their breathing will change. They'll get FOMO, the fear of missing out and all this different shit. Mm-hmm. And you're just, we're not equipped for that. And we, that's not a world that we were like, I mean, we're born into it now, but that's not how things were. It's no. trippy to see and watch. And I think that contributes a lot of it for people in terms of the fight or flight stuff. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like what you're taking in is like, you know, how you're perceiving things really, you know? 
the last thing I'll ask too, like, is there anything like with where obviously people go to, they deal with like different addictions and different things like that. Like, do you ever get people who come in who, Hey, I tried this, but it didn't work. Like, and you just take them through the breathing stuff. Yeah, absolutely. No, I've had a few people come in and, uh, you know, um, this, this doesn't go as like, as far as like with addiction wise, but this has to do with, um, with a client that actually comes into uh, our shop and, uh, you know, like, you know, such a friendly guy, um, you know, like run, runs his own like medical technologies business. But, um, you know, he heard about like my breathing and he was like, Hey, look, like, I'm going to be honest with you. I've had like severe depression and like, you know, I've, I was suicidal as a kid and all these, um, you know, all these other factors. Yeah, I was going into his story and, uh, he went to like a couple of my journeys and I remember after the first one he did, he was, um, cause he told me that he went through like ketamine therapy, uh, the actual, like, you know, saw doctors. There. We get a, we get a, a dude, um, a friend of ours, he's starting a ketamine like clinic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's something different. Yeah. Do you know a lot about that? Um, not too much. No. I mean, I like, I, I've done it before. Don't get me wrong. I know it's like a dissociative, you know, so yeah. it just kind of dissociates, you know, like kind of just out of the thinking pattern, like definitely fucks you up for sure. But yeah. Like um, you noticed a big difference. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's become a thing though. Like where now it's like become a medical thing that people are getting into. Yeah. Which is crazy. It is. I mean, I think it's great in the fact that we're coming up with different um, type of ways to like break through uh, with people, especially like if it's monitored by a, a licensed physician, a doctor too, rather than just people doing it in their living room. Well, you know? that's my, I'm not telling people to go do drugs, but no, like no. I think if you regulate things, it becomes way safer. Absolutely. Like if you take like, you know, the example I'd always give is like, okay, when I was like 16, I could drive my buddy to third street liquor and he could get us a couple cases of beer. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, if he had a fake ID, I couldn't do that. Mm-mm. There's no way. Like it'd be, I look like I was 14 when I was 18 mm-hmm. years old, zero chance to get beer. I get you a bag of weed in 10 seconds. Yeah. Because it was always everywhere. Now, when you look at like the quality of like, if you guys are, you know, marijuana people, the quality is a million acts of what it used to be because now it's like this, this real thing. And I guess what the point I'm getting is I think that's going to be a thing. I believe psychedelics are going to be used much sooner than later in my lifetime, mm-hmm. for sure. In terms of an alternative treatment to like a lot of the pharmaceutical bullshit that's mm-hmm. fucking people up way worse. Yeah. hundred percent, man. You know, it's uh, you know, I think like, having the right research under the right physicians and like them monitoring you with like what you're doing in the right setting is like, you know, really key to it. It's just being respectful to it, you know? Yeah. That's all it really is. You know, that's everything that I've done when it came to like, you know, the, the frog poison combo and, you know, ayahuasca, all of that. Like, it's just, you know, you have a deep respect for this. It will have a deep respect for you. So not to cut you out from your guy. Sure. But a guy came to you who was like super depressed. Um, Mm -hmm. Does that freak you out when someone's like, Hey man, I've had all these problems. Like now, Hey, help me go through shit. Cause I'd be like, seems like a lot of responsibility for me, but it's what you do. Yeah, no, that's what I do. Like, I remember when I first started like the coaching, like when I was just like getting my first client and, uh, like running a first guy, like, yeah, you know, like as just far as like when you're starting out with anything, you're going to be like freaking out. I tell everybody, if you, if you bought (laughs) something for me, dude, in year one, or I coached you, like you deserve all your money back. Cause I'm sure it sucked (laughs) ass, but that's, that was, 
Yeah. But no, it, it's definitely like when you learn this type of work, it's like, you know, my coach even tells me too, my mentor, he's like, you know, when, you, when you're holding these containers, your finger is on the trigger for so many emotions that's going to be expressed out of this, you know, and to take this with great responsibility, you know, but my job is I'm not a doctor. I'm not a therapist. You know, I'm not there to like, you know, to solve your problems. What I preach before every session is like, listen, I'm not the healer. I'm not doing anything for you. I'm just guiding you on how to breathe. I'm going to hold this container for you. I'll tell you what to do. I'm going to motivate you. I'm going to push you. Like you're going to be doing the work yourself. Like you're the captain of your own ship. So like what you're and the reason why that's so powerful for the individual is because they get to come out on the other side of this to be like, wow, I did this, you know, this came out of me, you know, I'm just the guide. That's it. And so you think like anybody can benefit. Anybody can benefit from this. Absolutely. I mean, athletes for sure. If you're mouth breathers. Absolutely. Like I will say that the performance part of it, I do think is, is huge. Like that is enormous. But for a lot of people, I think it's much deeper than that because like most of you guys probably don't give a shit. Uh, but your 2k time i mean maybe you do if you're a psycho well we got a few of those here uh but for most people just to sleep better you know heal better not have as much stress as much anxiety and just i guess let go of bullshit yeah just be a little more free in your life you know and one of the things too imagine for a professional athlete too there's a lot of pressure within like their performance too whether you're a fighter you're in the nba whatever so think about that factor too and think about some of the stories that could be within their own mindset too is like maybe they shot the ball at the, the the last three seconds of a game and they fucked up and then cost them the game whether that was something they did in high school college or in a professional league or in the olympics or whatever it was so think about those type of things that they can, people can be hard on themselves for sure, you know, and then what do they do? Like, sometimes you can use that as fuel to like keep going, but like, sometimes that can, like, that can really eat away at you. You know, everybody's different, but you know, somatically, like that is a story that will be held within your body. It's like your body is a living library of like all the fucking memories you have. And, um, I, I remember watching this cartoon actually recently with my wife. I think it was this movie called, uh, like inside out. I don't know if that, that sounds familiar at all, but it's like this like cartoon Disney movie. I'm a grown man. No, I don't watch. I know. Right? I know. But, uh, <laughs> my, my, my wife loves like Disney. So like here and there, although some girl gave me some frozen stickers yesterday. So I was wearing those. Yeah. Apparently that's popular. <laughs> yeah. You're like, on. you're like, I'll roll with this. Yeah, yeah that's fine. <laughs> that works. But uh, no, but the thing I, I, I saw clips of this film and like uh, what I was fascinated by with it was like basically it showed like a scene of like where this baby was born and then it shows like this one light that like it was basically like in the, the headquarters of like the mind and it was it was happiness and then later on there was another ball of sadness and then there was uh, uh, anger like all the different form of emotions that are like behind the headquarters of this like per, this baby's brain. And then, like, as she's getting older and older, you look in the background, there's just, like, all these shelves and, like, different, like, whole storage facility of, like, all these different memory balls that are just in her, inside her body. And I was like, wow. Like, that's exactly what the fuck this, like, kind of work is, you know? Yeah. Like, that's what it is. And, like, you know, depending on, like, the good ones and the bad ones, they have an effect on how that headquarters operates, you know? Well, and I think that's all of us, too. Like, we just pick up, like, a lot of good things. Sure. Um, but if you're over the age, you probably... You know, I mean, shit, some people are super young, but like six, seven, eight, nine, ten, like you're starting to pick up some shit. That Absolutely. You probably, you need to put down, but you probably aren't. And that shit's too heavy to carry, man. Yeah. It really is. Uh, <laughs> this is all good shit, dude. Where, um, where do these guys, where do these guys find you at? If you're like, you know what? This dude's not that crazy. 
I want to check out what what he's doing. Maybe a little crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but you got to be. You, know? you got to be, man. Hey, it's crazy. It's crazy until it's real, right? Yeah. Always is. But uh, yeah, no. Uh, right now, uh, just through social media on Instagram. Uh, uh, it's called Bralt Breathwork, B-R-A-U-L-T-S underscore breathwork. And then I'll have like uh, different events and, you know, different videos posted up, uh, like just regarding breathing events, or uh, you can direct message me on there as well. I'll put the link uh, in the show notes, but you're at a place that's close here? Yeah. No, I live in Chandler, soon to be in uh, actually Scottsdale in a few months. So Getting, fa- getting fancy here. Mm-hmm. Man. And then you're, you work up here? In North Scottsdale? Yeah. Nice, dude. Um, I'll put all that stuff in the show notes. I guess the one thing, like, for anybody, if you didn't listen to any of this and it didn't make sense to you, the one sentence, your nose is for breathing, your mouth is for eating. (laughs) That's a pretty good one. Uh, I guess the last thing, for somebody who, if they find themselves... <clears throat> like doing it just like breathing through their mouth like even just when they're like at their desk or they're walking around they're doing their normal bullshit you just tell them to like is there like a cue like hey close your mouth just breathe through your nose like something simple yeah <clears throat> just slow your breathing control it that's the direct link between your mind and your nervous system and uh you know another keynote too is that longer exhales slows down your heart rate and faster breathing does the opposite so if you need to slow down slow down and use the Breathe right strips. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're, uh, yeah, if you can't breathe well through your nose, I think I'm going to do that. That's yeah. a good idea, actually. Mm-hmm. I just want to see if I notice the difference. Yeah, I just wake up with like more. I just wake up more clear, like opening up. You know, like I'm not as like, you know, like groggy or you know, or pissed off waking up early in the morning. <laughs> I know. I do grab my teeth though, so I wear a mouth guard because mm-hmm. like I'm just. I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm mad when I sleep. Mm-hmm. Something's going on. Yeah. <clears throat> this is all good shit, dude. Um, <clears throat> God, I can't stop coughing. I'll put right. his, um, I'll put all his stuff in the show notes. You guys can find him uh, there. And on your Instagram, you do just like, sometimes you just walk them through stuff right there, right? Yeah, I have a few, uh, I have like a few basic videos of some different techniques on there. More material is going to be up, but it's, uh, it's mostly been posted up on just like different events on there that I'm going to be having upcoming. Like I have a seven, I, I just curated like a seven day challenge, breathwork challenge starting on December 5th through the 11th. It's all going to be done via zoom. So wherever you are in the world, uh, they can hop onto it. And that is basically curated, uh, for where you're going to do like five consistent days of just like normal daily practices. So something shorter. And then that's going to lead up to like a big transformational journey on that Saturday, which is the sixth day. And then the seventh day is like an icing on the cake for like a nice, slow, deep, relaxed, meditative breath work, like just integrating the whole process. Oh, nice. So it's basically like a course. Essentially. Yeah, exactly. So because, you know, a lot of us will do like one-off sessions, which I'll still continue to do. Don't get me wrong. But I think there's a lot of people who can get a lot out of like one session and then they just don't come back to it, you know, or, or they don't integrate the process and don't have anything to kind of roll over afterwards. So it's just a good way to be like, okay, Keep a consistent daily routine and see how this week works versus a week of not doing it. Uh, no, I agree. I mean, I think that kind of the same way it's – what you're doing is, again, we say this here all the time, like it's all fitness and it's all not fitness. Mm-hmm. This is just fitness, dude. Yeah. And like doing a single workout is cool, yeah. but you're not going to get shredded yeah. in a day. And so it's like if you can consistently do something – and that's the point is that if people can integrate five minutes a day into your routine, anybody can do that. Mm-hmm. You just have to give a shit. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And if you saw, I guess what I'm saying is if they saw the value in it, mm-hmm. like, cause you speak about it, like, Hey man, this can change a lot of things or make your life a lot better with just five minutes a day. There's not many things where you can invest just five minutes that have that big of an ROI, I guess. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, no. And again, I know like it, it's because I think it's because it's something that's so basic where people can be like, yeah, uh, it sounds crazy. But dude, like it's the same way I think of like, so is mobility. Yeah. So you're telling me if I just like kind of dynamically stretch my body, mm-hmm. it's going to feel better and I'm not going to like have to be in a fucking wheelchair. Yeah, dude, that's yeah. what I'm saying. And if you do five minutes a day, you're not going to lose a lot of these ranges of motion. Mm-hmm. Yet I got a hard time getting people to do five minutes of mobility a day that's why i asked with the breathing man i'm like but yeah hopefully yeah exactly man well you know i can definitely see within like this next year a few years that you know people will think that you know yeah maybe maybe this sounds a little like something unheard of or you know because i remember when i first was like hearing about this like you know this was just like brand new territory to me you know i was like dude, i've never heard of this before you know i'm sure with a lot of people too but i can see this again being like a more common thing probably within the next few years because it's starting to blow up you know oh dude people never used to like track their macros or have an understanding of anything and shit when we first started doing this it's like 15 years ago we would do like foam rolling friday and people are like what the hell is a foam roller because Mm -hmm. like la fitness didn't have any they had 40 treadmills and not a single fucking foam roller 15 years ago. Now it's like at least they have a couple. So <laughs> we're we're getting there. And I think this is going to be a big piece of it too. So Yeah. Well, I think there's going to be like once there's enough, I think, you know, and I, I hate to say it like this, but like I think once there's like enough pain factors where people are like, you know, hey, I've, I've had enough of this. I need to fucking do something about it. You know, that's what leads them. And that's another thing I like talk about too, like through these sessions is like, you know, pain is not a bad thing. It's It's actually like your guide. You know, like if it's like if you're feeling something, that's a communicator to you. you know? It lets you know something's not. It's letting you know, like, hey, pay attention to me. You know, that's what it is. But, you know, it's so easy to kind of, you know, go to the doctor and be like, oh, here's this pill. Boom. It's, you know, it just treats the symptom, not the root. And that's what we're trying to do. Exactly. We're trying to get to the root. I dig it, brother. Um, this is good stuff, man. I'll put all your stuff in the show notes. Uh, I appreciate your time, dude. Yeah, um, thank you, man. Appreciate all you crazy kids out there, um, again, if you guys want to do the 30 for 30 challenge, it kicks off here in about probably 10 hours now. This is almost two hours. Um, you guys can check the link uh, in the show notes here. It's also in the bio. And if you guys want a sample of Athletic Greens or the Beam, hit me up. I'm happy to send them over. And, again, um, I'm going to put uh, Chris's Instagram handle in the show notes here. Uh, I'll pop it up on my IG, and this will be on the newsletter probably uh, if I'm not too lazy, Wednesday or Friday. Um, I'll stick it in there too. So if you guys have a question for him, just reach out. He's happy to uh, help you guys. If you're local Scottsdale peeps, um, he's just down the street. You can hit him up or if you guys are anywhere, he's doing a ton of stuff through Zoom. If you want to jump into the seven-day course or if you just have a question on breathing, whether it be sleep, athletic performance, or if you do got some some shit going on in your life and maybe you tried pharmaceuticals and therapy and, and everything else, maybe this might be the thing that kind of uh, unlocks it for you. So I appreciate it, bro. Um, until next time you guys, Oh, if you're on Apple, um, don't be a lazy ass, drop us a five star, leave a comment. I'd appreciate it. And if you're on uh, Spotify, drop a five star there too. takes about uh, 20 seconds. We appreciate it. Good stuff, dude. Um, until next time you guys eat well, train hard, be nice to people. And please keep doing shit. You love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.